Welcome to Talk Dizzy to Me, the show that brings you a comprehensive look into the complex field of dizziness. Now here are your hosts, vestibular physical therapist, Dr. Abby Ross and Dr. Danielle Tate. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Dizzy to Me. I'm Dr. Danielle Tate, a vestibular physical therapist, and as always joined by Dr. Abby Ross, a neuroclinical specialist, as well as a vestibular therapist. And today we're talking about a little bit of a hot topic. Uh, We wanted to cover COVID and COVID vaccinations and dizziness. We have been seeing a little bit of this in our clinics. We've been talking to other clinicians um, who we're familiar with that are also seeing some um, things in their clinic that they have questions about. And we kind of want to just cover the topic today to discuss what might be going on, what we're seeing, and kind of explain where we're at as far as research is concerned and, and where we can kind of take these implications and apply them to our practice or even um, kind of stew over it as a patient um, on what's going on. So yeah, um, it's, it's going to be a very interesting, an interesting talk today because really there is not a ton of research yet. This is just something that is anecdotal, what we're seeing clinically. And um, we do have a couple of, of studies to touch on, but there's really nothing, right, Abby? Yeah, I mean, this is all new. So it will be interesting a year, two years, five years, 10 years to look back and see what research has been done to see what impact either a positive test of COVID-19 or uh, post-vaccination, if if those two things have impacted vestibular symptoms. And just anecdotally, we have found, which we would expect anyway, that they do, of course. So, you know, with any virus, we tend to have an, well, not tend to, we do have an inflammatory response, which can kickstart some sort of vestibular hypofunction, such as vestibular neuritis. And the same thing can happen post-vaccine. It ignites an inflammatory response. So, Danny, tell us a little bit about what you've seen in the clinic so far. Let's start with people maybe who have not had vestibular symptoms in the past, but received the vaccine and then came to see you? Yeah. So we have a couple of categories that you and I were kind of hashing out before we jumped on and started recording. So one of the first ones that um, I've seen are patients coming in with these nondescript um, types of dizziness that kind of came on gradually. And it just so happened that these symptoms started to come on about a week after getting their COVID vaccination. Um, So I actually started keeping track um, while I was still practicing uh, in the clinic. I'm taking a little bit of a break right now. And in the short couple of weeks that I started keeping track, I hit probably about 10 people that came in for evals with this just idiopathic, nondescript dizziness. They didn't really describe room spinning vertigo, but feeling off on their feet, quick motions and movements, especially with their head, made them feel different. Bending over made them feel worse. It kind of sounds like this um, chronic stage of a hypofunction almost. Sure enough, when I go and put them through an exam, I get a positive head thrust test. I might see like a well compensated spontaneous nystagmus with my infrared goggles. And sure enough, like if I put them through a DVA or a modified cat sib, I can kind of pull some symptoms out um, on the higher functioning end of things. So it was just interesting to start to notice this pattern. Um, and I can't draw any conclusions from what I've been seeing. The majority of the patients who came in with no previous history of vestibular dysfunction, 
after their COVID vaccination and having these, these symptoms tended to all have had the Moderna vaccination. Again, um, I'm not entirely sure if this is because only in my area, there's just more um, access to Moderna I, I, or if there are um, equal numbers of Moderna and Pfizer, I wasn't just seeing the Pfizer. It could have been just my proximity to the hospital right down the road if they were giving out Moderna. I'm not saying Moderna is a bad vaccination. Um, this is just what I noticed in my small patient population that I was treating. And this is something that I actually educated my patients a lot on because this is not to say we shouldn't get the COVID vaccination. This is to say that this can be a normal response to any sort of vaccination, like your flu vaccination or something like shingles. When you get a vaccination, its job is to stir up the immune response in your body. And for some reason, it seems that different brands of these vaccinations can stir up more of an immune response in people than others. So if you stir up this immune response, there is a possibility you could end up with something like a vestibular neuritis or a vestibular hypofunction. And I think we're seeing a lot of this or we're hearing a lot about this because everybody's getting vaccinated. It's not like, you know, we've got some people choosing to get the flu vaccine and some not. The entire world is working on trying to get vaccinated at this point in time, which is why we're starting to hear a lot about this. Um, I'm starting to get uh, messages from previous patients saying, oh my gosh, I'm starting to hear that you can get vertigo from this. Should I get the vaccination given my history? And I always, I always tell my patients it's always a risk. It's still something that you should take into consideration when it comes to your health. If you're high risk, constantly around people, you've got a compromised immune response or immune system. I mean, the science is behind getting a vaccination to help avoid um, getting COVID. So I try to be very careful when keeping track of this and talking to my patients and educating them because I'm in no way saying that you should avoid the COVID vaccination. Uh, I'm just saying that this is something that we could potentially see issues from only because this is a common side effect for people following vaccinations. Does that make sense, Abby? Yeah, it does. And you know, it's a valid concern for people who have had, for example, vestibular dysfunction in the past, knowing that this type of either vaccination or exposure to COVID could bring about symptoms again, exacerbate symptoms, maybe Maybe yeah. they're 90% back to their normal function and then you get a shot and all of a sudden you take a step back. That could be pretty frustrating. So I definitely yeah. understand why people question, should I do this? Should I not do this? It's kind of more about weighing the pros and cons. But also, you know, you have seen people in the clinic who had no history of vestibular dysfunction and then received a vaccine and came to you yeah. with an initiation of dizziness and unsteadiness maybe a little bit of tinnitus or. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually, so that, that kind of was my first group of no history coming in post-vaccination, having difficulties. Let's kind of move on to my second group um, that I've started to see. This is a lot fewer in comparison to my first group who had symptoms following vaccination. This were this is the second group is my base of patients who I've been treating and working with for a while, got the vaccination and regressed somewhat following vaccination. Um, and these actually tend to be my patients more with uh, central vestibular findings. So I have two um, patients in particular where it seems very clear cut and straightforward to me that we have been progressing very well with more of uh, central vestibular dysfunction, some issues with the cerebellum. They received the COVID vaccination and it really bumped them back a bit. Um, 
it kind of regressed our therapy significantly, but they bounced back further than and a little bit faster um, than when we kind of had to start over from square one when we first started therapy. So it did seem to have some sort of effect, um, but it seemed that we were able to get back uh, back on track and get that patient back to feeling better um, after about a two week period following that COVID vaccination in patients with vestibular central vestibular dysfunction. And then there's a whole other set of people who have had some sort of vestibular involvement in the past. So this is whether they were BPBV patients, uh, vestibular hypofunction in the past, vestibular migraine. Um, some of them that were coming in have had COVID. So now, you know, regardless of vaccination, these are people that have had COVID in the last year and they're having these recurrences that are popping up. And again, that could be something totally coincidental. I tend to see an influx of patients this time of year because of allergies, um, weather, everything is kind of being stirred up. Those uh, hay fever, summer and springtime colds, um, they can also be responsible for bringing on some issues like BPV recurrences and increases in migraine. So whether or not that's truly COVID and COVID vaccination related is hard to say because we don't have the research. We're not running any sort of uh, trials or anything like that. This is purely anecdotal and what we're seeing in patients. Um, but again, I still talk to those patients about getting vaccinated and not convincing them one way or another, just making sure that they feel comfortable knowing that this is something that can be normal with any vaccination. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to bring on their past symptoms. It's just something to be aware of so that if something does get kicked up, they can just give me a call and get into therapy or start their exercises again sooner rather than later. These patients tend to recover very, very quickly. There was um, one study I found, which I'll include in the show notes. It was just a single patient case study where it looked at um, vestibular neuritis induced by COVID-19, which sounds pretty much straightforward to what I've been seeing in the clinic um, and what we would maybe anticipate would happen with these with these patients. Um, you know, when you look at some of the um, studies on uh, COVID-19 and its implications on what it's doing to the body, they're fine to have neuroinvasive and neurotropic issues. So of course, if it's going to bring something on such as like a polyneuropathy, encephalitis, or ischemic stroke, that can all very, very clearly involve the vestibular system, um, which makes it likely to have some issues down the road. Now, I'll say in this initial study too, which came out of um, China, looking at some of that primary population, it was a very small number that actually had related dizziness. Um, so about 30% of people had neurological symptoms. And I think it was something like um, as small as 3% of them had vertigo or dizziness, um, which, is a, which is a small number, but still not something to be overlooked given the amount of people that have been affected. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to look at that and look at some of these early, these early articles. And it's definitely something to keep an eye on as we move forward. And, you know, in terms of differential diagnosis, I was reading a case series earlier today, just talking about how if people presented to the ED with vestibular symptoms, you know, you're anticipating something like vestibular neuritis, most likely, um, and then got tested or asked about exposure to COVID-19. And there was often a link there, you know, whether it was a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it may be, maybe they didn't experience 
a typical COVID presentation, but they had the vestibular portion because the virus affected their vestibular system. So that's another thing to consider is if you have a new onset of vestibular symptoms, have you been exposed to COVID? Yeah, I mean, it, and it's hard to say too, right? Because so many people have gone asymptomatic. They have had no symptoms whatsoever. And now having these follow-up symptoms could be something that could be related to it, could not be. It, it's so hard to say. Um, I will say, so Cynthia Ryan over at um, vestibular.org at the Vestibular Disorders Association, her and I have been talking back and forth and we've posted some of the same kind of conversation that we're having today on the forum, on both the professional and the patient forum over there. Um, and we had a lot of response asking, well, is this being tracked? Like, how come this isn't being looked at? And she actually found that the CDC, which I will again include this in the show notes, the CDC does have a place where you can report your symptoms. So it's called VSAFE after vaccination health checker. And you can register on VSAFE. And in that process, it'll kind of get you going. You can go right from your phone and you can record what type of symptoms you had post vaccination. So if you are listening, if this any of the sounds uh, familiar to you, if you had a reaction, check out cdc.gov. And um, I'll be again, be sure to include in the show notes, this uh, link to their website with the VSAFE, but report your symptoms. The more we get in there, and the more information we have, the faster we can respond to this and try to help people as much as we can. Yeah, and it would be really interesting to see if there's any links demographically. Are females more affected? Are males more affected age-wise? Comorbidities, you know, it'd be really cool to see who we could expect, if anyone at all, who we could expect to uh, experience some of these vestibular symptoms post-vaccine or post-positive COVID-19 test. Yeah, I mean, in my response, I have both men and women. It almost seems 50-50 at this point, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, But something that, I mean, I have a very, very, very small uh, (laughs) number of patients. This isn't anything to write home about. But what was interesting to me is when I started to feel like I was noticing some sort of a correlation, uh, other clinicians had reached out and said, hey, are you seeing this? Is this all in my head? Or is this potentially something that's going on? And And it's clear that people think that too. Yeah, yeah. And we'd love to hear from both patients and clinicians out there if you have noticed something like this in your clinic, or if you're a patient who noticed an uptick in symptoms, or maybe you're questioning whether or not to get the vaccine, or maybe you had a new onset of symptoms, and you're just learning about your vestibular system, because before this, you never thought about it. um, Definitely comment on our YouTube channel or get in touch with us on our Instagram pages, Balancing Act Rehab or Vestibular Today, and just touch base with us. You could also uh, check out Vita's website and and the link to the CDC report so that you can be a part of that. Yeah. And if you have any additional um, resources, any different articles that have uh, that might shed a light on some of this, be sure to share because the more that we know and the more access we have to all of this, the better it's going to be for everybody. Um, so if whatever you have, put it out there, Facebook, Instagram, email, private message us, doesn't matter. Get it out there so we can get more people on the same page because everyone's kind of asking the same questions and seeing the same things. We want to connect everybody and get this, this movement in the right direction. Yeah. I think the bottom line here though, is that 
we would expect this, right? Because we already know that a viral infection can impact your vestibular system and cause vestibular symptoms. So this is a viral infection. Why would it be any different? And then we also know that if you get a vaccine, such as even the flu vaccine, you know, it can have the same the same sort of uh, impact. It's just that we have so many people at one time either being infected or getting the vaccine that we it's it's being drawn to our attention. Like, oh, okay, absolutely. I mean. I think the two leading um, types of issues that can kind of lead into vestibular neuritis includes an upper respiratory tract infection or a GI uh, viral infection, uh, like a stomach bug or something. So usually following those, vestibular neuritis um, is very common, which makes sense with COVID-19 being mostly upper respiratory involvement. Um, so it's there's no surprise there that there is some vestibular implications with COVID and this virus. Um, it's just interesting to look at all different angles now, as far as vaccinations concerned, COVID's concerned, um, coming back from having COVID, you know, there's a lot of layers there and it's going to be really interesting to watch this over the next year. Yeah. Let's touch base on this again in about a year and see where we're at. <laughs> Hopefully restaurants are fully open and we can travel and all the good stuff. All the good stuff. All right. So again, leave us comments, um, studies, if you have any better ones out there for us. We'll leave you what we have in the show notes. And um, you guys have some more episodes to look forward to here soon involving some new guests. So we're very excited about that. Absolutely. I'm excited definitely for guests. The guest shows are always, <laughs> they're just always, they, there's an extra little umph compared to just you and I talking. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I think people come here for the guests, really, when it comes for down sure. to it. So we're for appreciative sure. of Can't that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much. Good night. If you're interested in finding us on social media or the web, you can visit www.vestibular.today for more resources, including testing, treatment, and educational videos blogs, continuing education classes, and resources including clinic equipment recommendations, suggested tests, and BPMBV treatment charts. Search Vestibular Today and Balancing Act Rehab on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, be sure to check out Balancing Act Rehab at www.balancingactrehab.com, especially if you think you would benefit from vestibular therapy. We are your girls. The information on this podcast is not intended to replace the care provided by your qualified health professional or to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Talk Dizzy to Me. Please contact us at Balancing Act Rehab if you think you could benefit from vestibular therapy.